Hi, uh, my name is Dr. Avi Herskowitz, and I'm here sitting uh, with Dr. Nigma Talib, um, who's a guest practitioner, uh, what I call a master practitioner, visiting from uh, Los Angeles area. She's one of the national authorities on the largest organ of our body, namely the skin, and how it's connected in a deep and fundamental way to our gut health. But she's also come here to experience our treatments. And we've had a, a running dialogue now, so so speak, like a fireside chat that I invite you to join us in discussing all different forms of naturopathic and uh, integrative medicine. So welcome, Dr. Talib. Thank you so much for having me at your most incredible clinic here in San Francisco, the Anatara Clinic. It is brilliant. I'm loving it. And I'm loving the treatments. I feel amazing. And it's only been one day. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you've had a chance to experience some of those treatments and you are a very healthy person and you um, live that way. And so you're a, good, a great example to show, you know, to, to show the public and to explain things in the way you uniquely do, which I deeply appreciate. You know, it's uh, the, the old joke about internal medicine doctors is that we think, think, think and never do anything. So uh, we, we have to not just think, we have to explain. We have to explain in a way that is coherent and understandable to the public. I think we could always learn from folks like you who are now influencers on the internet and uh, have a large following of folks that are not just following you for beauty, or but they're following you as a naturopathic doctor, understanding that, yeah, I want to look awesome. And I, I need some local treatments for that, but I, I really need to do it from the inside out. Um, but you did get COVID, I think, uh, and you weren't quite right afterwards. So describe that to us and tell us what you've been doing about it. Yeah, I mean, I managed to stay COVID free up until June of 2022. I finally got it. And um, I had, there was a patient with COVID and I know where I got it from. Uh, and i I felt that the virus itself wasn't terrible. It just felt like a cold, but it was a lingering, uh, you know, effect. You know, I'm 50 now. And so um, I know that it really messed with my hormones. It messed with my blood sugar. Uh, it, it just made me feel like, you know, horrible brain fog. Di my digestion acted up not that bad. My digestion wasn't as bad, but everything was firing on all full four cylinders in a bad way in, ter in terms of an inflammation. I wasn't feeling my optimal self. Right. And I, you know, obviously did all the IVs, the ozones, you know, I did them myself because I had no one to go to in Los Angeles. So I doctor treat thyself. Uh, and then I reached out to your clinic and, um, you know, wanted to have some more solutions because right. you know it's hard to treat yourself you know you can do so much but i think in something where you have symptoms the way i was having symptoms it was affecting every aspect it was help it was affecting me from a hormonal aspect of digestion brain fog neurological and immunological so i needed to be treated on different steps and different levels and coming here and getting those treatments i already feel from just one treatment, I mean, it was a long treatment, but it was necessary. Um, I can really feel that parts of my body, the communication in my cells feel right. stronger. I feel healthier. I feel more vital. My brain feels more 
you know, alive and focused. <laughs> and, you know, I, I literally feel like I how I felt when I was in my 20s. I, I'm not kidding you. I feel so much better. That's awesome. Well, you know, the so what is the what is the sort of strategy? The strategy is that the virus is is a stressor and it affects us in 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 a way that's multidimensional because it works through that receptor that works on so many different pathways. So immunologic, neurologic, GI, hormonal, coagulation, all are somewhat governed in some way or another by the ACE2 receptor. So all of them can be off and you are living a super healthy life and you're mm -hmm. taking supplements. Mm -hmm. So it still hits people hard. It's not fun. I, I had it back in, I think, June and had some residual cough afterwards, but it's not fun, but you have to learn from that experience. So so then you say, well, listen, am I gonna, well, it's gonna go away, it's gonna go away, I'll, I'll be better next week. And some people, I mean, actually do, they feel, but they're never quite right. And the reason is, is it resets your normal downward. Right. Now, if you keep it like that and you accept it, then, um, then you'll, age a little bit more inefficiently over time. So the idea was to give you what we know you would be depleted in uh, and um, and give you a lot of therapies, different modalities to reduce the level of inflammation and get it, whatever we're gonna give you, go all the way downstream, go all the way down into the microcirculation go into the brain and reduce that small amount, this micro, really microscopic amount of, of inflammation that's there that producing the, the brain fog. Because the brain fog, I think you're saying that it's no, it's no longer there. No. Yeah, so that's the one thing that, that happens that sort of reverses quite early. The fatigue also takes a few treatments and I, I think you're, you're gonna stay after this podcast for more which is a really coherent thing to do. In the middle of the acute presentation, we've seen reversal of people just becoming normal, so to speak, if they come in two or three times. Uh, and now we accept patients. You know, we were one of the clinics that were open, but didn't accept patients early on because the Delta variant was much more, uh, was much more serious and we have patients with cancer coming here and we couldn't mix the two populations but now we can separate people out and in the worst case scenario you'll get something that you've already you're going to get it anyway mm -hmm. we're all going to get this particular variant at some point except if you're one in the five ten thousand people who are genetically protected right so there's always that thing so but we what we did was we asked you to draw draw get blood work before you arrived so what's what's in there well, it's the you know the the usual stuff is there, but on top of that, it's the, you you now know from all your patients that one of the important measures is the D dimer, the coagulation marker, and yours is normal, thankfully, um, and all the inflammatory markers that are also validated markers for aging. The C-reactive protein is the simplest, but then there's the chronic immune system, the complement cascade, which is more complicated, more devious, mm -hmm. um, and is activated in this state of chronic sort of fatigue or brain fog and GI upset and hormonal upset. 
And so we measure these things on everybody, try to get more and more on everybody. We, we, as you, we discussed earlier, you know, we're both into genomics, mm -hmm. but genomics doesn't explain exactly how you're going to get treated for routine COVID. It will impact on how we think the solution through for long COVID. Right. So I know that you've been seeing a lot of long COVID patients. Can you can you tell us more about that? Yes. I mean, a lot of my long COVID patients um, were doing great before they had COVID. Uh, and then they would report that they were unable to think properly, unable to finish sentences, uh, unable to complete tasks at work. Uh, had fatigue in their muscles, so unable to exercise, shortness of breath, uh, you know, things, you know, even people that are athletes, like people that are mm -hmm. regularly working out, you know, five to six times a week. Right. Uh, and so when I would measure their markers, their C-reactive protein levels would be high. Um, the D-dimer levels were high, but most of my patients were on the right. low side. That doesn't rule out that they didn't have coagulation issues or that there was right. some kind of circulatory issue. Um, the first thing I did was I put them on ozone. I did uh, rounds of uh, vitamin C. I put them on a diet. I put them on a lifestyle change. And the key with COVID is you have to rest. You know, right. a lot of people get COVID and they're like, oh, no, I'm over it. You need to sleep because you, this virus really does manipulate and attack and insult the immune system and the nervous system and the circulatory system and the endocrine system. It attacks everyone. Um, so it's one of those things where, you know, I put them on programs and um, a lot of them are doing actually really, really well. Um, you have to be careful, though. You know, you can't. Um, what I love about your clinic and your approach is you really, really analyze and exactly what I do. You can't just throw people on NAD or, you know, a lot of people are talking about NAD right now right. Um, because it could make them worse because there is something that they need to fix. Maybe there, as we talked about your detoxification me mechanism, right? right? You could be as slow acetylator or fast acetylator. And therefore, if you're giving people, you know, excess amount of NAD or something else, it's going to make them respond negatively. So, you know, that's what I love about working with you is that, you know, you're individualizing, you know, the treatment plan. Right. I think the concept that you're saying is, let's say something throws you off the cliff. Right. And then you've climbed your way back up. Right. The thing is not to fall right off the cliff again. <laughs> I mean, that's it's. And that's what we all want to do, particularly if you've been sick for a while. But even if you just you're not not quite right, you have to realize that the the integration that your body was able to use all the stuff that we gave it yesterday intravenously, but you were able to integrate it, and that's because you've taken care of yourself and you've rested more for the last few weeks, even though you're very busy, right? And you know that mm -hmm. you need to, to prioritize that. Uh, the concept of this taking people over the cliff is to me the biggest lesson here because yes. you don't know if you don't know you're on a cliff then you don't know but yeah. if you if you don't feel well at all after this then you have to then piece it together with an expert with someone you trust which i again i i try my best to refer folks to folks my patients to people like yourself in LA, for example, who 
who need to have someone navigate it because it's not this is not relevant for um, to to get a to to get an opinion on Instagram or on Reddit or or for that matter on right. Google. This isn't you know the groups that have formed have formed around long COVID because they they can't get the answers. So uh, we have to join those groups and we have to um, begin sort of telling our stories in terms of what the successes are. There is a patient I do want to discuss for a second, okay? who's now become a good friend of mine who is a nationally ranked executive in the country. And he had COVID, very serious COVID, didn't take care of himself and so on. He, he, he now has repented. Um, well, he 11 days in the intensive care unit on his belly because he couldn't even right. lay on his back, but avoided the intubation period. He, he survived and he came out. Um, when I asked him a question, it would take him like five seconds to answer. This is a guy who's the sharpest, person I know. And he couldn't breathe. I mean, he had an oxygen saturation of 84% on room air and with two liters, he could walk around. But he's a, you know, relatively young person. And so I'll say, I said, listen, this is a severe case. There's no joking around. It's not going to be oral medicine. It's not going to even be IV medicine. I have to identify what's circulating, what biotoxins are circulating in the system. And I have to, what we call plasma them out. Right. So we put him through this apheresis concept. And not only did, um, so he had chest CT evidence of very severe bilateral, inter, you know, the, the, the pattern, you, you call it interstitial fibrosis. It's like a, basically a, a viral pneumonia. And it um, with this type of aggressive treatment, his brain came back right away. Uh, and he he. St- you can answer in three seconds and two seconds, and then he would answer you before you'd finish. And you know that that was good, but he's, the breathing, which requires a, a new arch, almost a new architecture, but not permanent because we got to him within six weeks of the original event, and we reversed the the pulmonary damage with this sort of approach. But yeah, he had to change his lifestyle. He had mm-hmm. to rest a lot more. He didn't go right. He didn't go back to work right away, and we got that study published in the New England Journal of Medicine. Wow! As a as a as a point in case that to teach the a lesson, and the lesson is, if you can interfere with a with an organ system that's being damaged by inflammation, and you could interrupt that process early before mm-hmm. the collagen is laid down, the permanent what well, we we know the term is fibrosis. Is laid down. You have you have a chance, mm-hmm. and he's now has normal pulmonary functions, normal CT scans, and that was that was uh, the, the nature of the publication. We don't expect to publish in the New England Journal very often, uh, but um, and and the the apheresis part is fundamental. But yesterday, you had plasmapheresis because not because you needed it. But it was the fastest way to talk to your system on a whole on a whole body system level, and we had a fairly good idea that you were healthy enough to handle it. Right. The worst that can happen to you is you may feel a little fatigue, mm-hmm. but the folks that that have long COVID almost 
all of all of them can benefit from this type of plasma filtration. Can uh, you explain that yeah. a little so, bit more for those that I mean, it would be interesting to hear from you how it actually works. Well, we're going to have a meeting about it for a whole day in Las Vegas in November 10th, uh, which is called EBOO, EBU. EBU is getting your blood out, extracorporeal blood, oxygenation, and ozonation. So ozone in the blood, but in continuous fashion, low concentrations, low is better than high sometimes, and low and slow is okay. methodical. It just gets high amount of ozone in your system, but that is reparative on its own. But if you have a high level of toxins in your in your body or what we call signaling molecules that are pro-inflammatory, they're pro they're negative on the repair side, they tend to keep your detox pathways busy with stuff that isn't reparative. Mm -hmm. uh, one of my mentors taught me that you can't repair and detoxify at the same time. And that's profound. I mean, if you, unless you get the stuff underneath a certain level, you can't repair at night. You're just going to fix what you did yesterday. You've got to clear it out first. So there's a filter, a specialized filter that was developed by our naturopathic doctor here uh, that you know quite well as a good friend. Uh, and so we've layered that filter onto the Eboo device. Now, Eboo itself has its own device, but this one is more selective for inflammatory proteins and more selective, I believe we haven't proven it yet, the more selective for heavy metals and stuff that's again, diverging our ability to focus and to contain and to manage and to uh, balance the response that we have to some toxin. In this case, it was the spike protein. Incredible. If, for example, I have mold toxicity. Right. And I mean, and we know that about 50% of the American public potentially have mold toxicity. Is this something, you know, that if you are constantly being exposed, say you're being treated for the mold toxicity, and then you're exposed again, are you more resilient to, to that mold toxicity again? Or do you get re-exposed and you have to start all over again? Okay, that's a very good point. Uh, <laughs> uh, th that's somewhat mediated by genetic pre predispositions, predispositions yeah so um there's a panel of hla um uh, related lab or bl blood work that you get if you're genetically susceptible to either mold or lime but in this case we're talking about mold then we have a way of uh, uh, you will get re-exposed re and retoxified so then most of the mold people that have that happen are sensitive and they can they can tell when they're they're in a moldy environment. And the thing is to get out, get out as quickly as you can. But it basically makes mold symptoms uh, worse. So okay. it's uh, it just the way it is. So it, it makes everything worse, including mold symptoms worse. So uh, test your home, and and if you're if you have mold in your in your body, and you can test it easily with a with a urine sample, uh, and you have it in your home, uh, then you're obliged to also get rid of it. So uh, I uh, I think we're also running out of time. We, we, we probably will, we may do this again tonight or tomorrow to, to do yeah. phase two. I think we need a whole, whole, a whole hour on this. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> uh, because I think you are the authority between the two of us on 
hormonal dysregulation, mm -hmm. um, uh, whether it's female or male hormonal dysregulation, how it affects premenopause and menopause, uh, how this current environment, which is a bit getting more toxic, even independent with the virus, is making um, that type of uh, strategy more important for us to fix. And, and then the question is why, and I, w I would love to have you explain it to us, okay? And then obviously the, the number one thing you're, you're teaching folks on the internet all, all about and your, and your patient population is the connection between the gut and overall health and of course the gut and the skin because you just told us you're 50, but you look around 30. So thank you very much for all your time and your wisdom. Oh, thank you Bye. for being here.